While many dentists get out of dental school and jump right into work, others end up years into a practice and feel like they're chained to their chair or spinning their wheels. At Duckett Lad, we've discovered that there are six phases of long-term practice success. On this podcast, we'll explore each phase of success and help you on your growth journey. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Dental Momentum Podcast powered by Duckett Ladd Dental CPAs and Advisors. Jared Duckett, back at you with my business partner, Bill Ladd. And Bill, how you doing, my friend? We haven't hopped on this in a couple, I guess a couple, there's a couple episodes maybe, but back at it. And uh, how you been doing, man? I'm good, man. It's uh, We had, took a little hiatus, kind of had to get through a couple of uh, busy patches. We are tax accountants still and still do some of that work. And uh, Kept us hopping this year with all the changes, but uh, man, I'm glad to be back. I love doing these. These are a lot of fun um, and, and, you know, I missed it. So ready to get going again. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll get on a better frequency or, or cadence on this, but what we really wanted to, to start unpacking, we've been working a, a lot of this behind the scenes, you know, and what we want to do is, is just kind of get out and, and share what we've been working on. And, and I'll just, I'll just come out and say it, Bill, this, this dental, momentum journey you know you i'm going to give you kudos here you're, you're very good at, at the visionary right he's the visionary of our firm but thinking through things how we can pull things together and, and crystallize it and really you know share or, or live out our mission that we're doing and bill you came up with this dental momentum journey that we've been working on for months and months but just i guess first off before we kind of unpack it to a degree at a high level and then what we're going to do after this episode is, is unpack it in detail in multiple episodes is explain the journey, Bill. Where did that come from? Where did you come up with that? I'm gonna say idea of what this could look like. So, you know, first of all, I'm gonna say with, with full humility that it's not an earth shattering idea. It's something that, that others have formulated, but it, it's kind of how we look at things. And, and I, I started thinking about you and I, Jared, and I started thinking about kind of what we've been through together. And I just realized that at the end of the day, it is this entrepreneurial journey. And I've heard it called, you know, a life cycle or whatever you want to call it. But to us, you know, I realized it was really an entrepreneurial journey and it had a starting point. And at some point it would have an ending point. And I realized that, that you know, you and I are at a very specific place along that journey. And, and you know, as I was kind of thinking through that, I started thinking through who do we love working with? Well, and what I, what we really, what I realized is that we love working with people and clients that are at a certain phase in that journey. And it just got me thinking, man, I would love to be able to have known these people earlier and, and worked with them and helped them kind of evolve because man, you and I both know we've learned a heck of a lot of lessons through our journey and made a ton of mistakes and done some things right. And, you know, anything we could have done to shorten that learning curve would have been gold. So we kind of started formulating the dental momentum journey with the goal of there are six phases we'll get into, but, you know, our goal is to help people, you know, get to where they can graduate to that next phase and ultimately graduate to their next, you know, which may be, outside of dentistry, doing something di- totally different, but they work deliberately towards that. So that's kind of the genesis. That's how it came about. And then we just started crystallizing and, and really dialing in what each one of those phases meant. And uh, that's where it became much more of a collaborative effort. And it's been a lot of fun. 
Yeah, no, it's well said. I mean, this dental momentum journey is is specifically to to dentists, right? Dental momentum, yeah. and really, it's it's uh, it's practice ownership too. You know, a dentist that wants to to, to buy a practice, be an entrepreneur, and and gain the business side of dentistry and get better. And a lot of people probably think that the first phase is buying your practice, right? It would make right. sense, but that's not what it is. You know, no. and there's a lot that needs to be done before you buy the practice. Um, so what I want to do just in this episode, Bill, is, is kind of just at a very high level, there's six phases that we'll go through. And let's just kind of hit a high level on each one, you know, what, what it is, where that person's at in their, in their journey, in the stage of their career. And then again, in the, the ones after this, we'll do a deep, deep dive on them. Um, okay. but Bill, just, just start out phase one of this journey. Again, phase one to phase six. What does phase one look like? Where do people start on uh, practice ownership? So since we've been working with dentists, we've heard the phrase day one of D1. And, you know, to me, when I start thinking through phase one, to me, that is day could start day one of D1. And really when it starts, Jared, is when you realize you have a bit of an entrepreneurial bent and that, you know, being an, an employee is not good enough, that you want something more and, and you want to take the route of ownership. So really phase one is anywhere from day one to D1 all the way to an associate, you know, who is contemplating purchases, but you're trying to answer the, the question, is ownership right for me? And, and to be 100% honest, it's not right for everybody. You know, some people are more than happy to have uh, a W-2 employee type relationship where they are very comfortable, they're confident, they know what's expected of them, they like the stability. And, and you know, in some ways, entrepreneurs can be a risky venture. You know, it, it is. So it's not for everybody. But if that is you, then the phase one is really designed and built out from our perspective to provide content, products, and services that are going to help you answer that one question, which is ownership right for me. And, and it, again, it's not an easy question and it's not the same for everybody. You know, it's, it's totally to, to suited to taste. Yeah. So this could be, this could be like you said, day one of D1. So, you know, in dental school could be after you've graduated, maybe going through dental school, you've always thought, no, practice ownership. I don't want it. I don't want any yeah. part of it. My goal is to graduate dental school, get out, work as an associate. So you could be an associate that's like, hey, I kind of want to look this a little more. I always wrote it off, right? But now I'm like, man, is practice ownership right for me? So that's phase one. And like we said, you know, our, what we're doing is we've got products, content, and services specifically in these service, in these phases to really help people, you know, graduate along the way, if you will. And real quick, Jared, I think this is probably one of the biggest lessons you and I learned is it's so easy when you're in school or right when you get out, the last thing you want to do is, is learn new stuff. Mm. You're learning enough on your technical side, but this is really going to force you. This phase one is going to force you to really try to embrace that growth mentality, not just with, um, you know, your technical, technical skills, but also, you know, understanding the business of dentistry, leadership, things like that. Um, your moral compass, your moral code, all these kind of things that we think, are so important to set you up on that path to ownership uh, that, that, you know, we think it's worth spending some time on and, and really understanding that. So, you know, it, it's going to push people yeah. a little bit out of their comfort zone and that's a good thing. 
So say, so say they're in phase one, right? They're trying to answer that question. Is practice ownership right for me? And they dive in, their answer is yes. Yeah, practice ownership's right for me. I want to go further. So what's that phase two look like? So what you think logically that would be is you go, okay, well, let's go find a practice. Well, in our mind, that's actually phase three. And in and, and full disclosure, a lot of people do skip directly to phase three. Sure. We feel that, that a better progression would be to take a step back and hit what we would call phase two, which is really unpacking the single question, you know, what type of practice do I want? And, and this is something I wish we would have known a long time ago. You know, it, to us, you know, when we kind of broke out, you know, from larger firms and we were looking at, at starting or, or joining a smaller firm, we really never stopped to ask ourselves question, well, well, what do I want? And, and I think that dentists don't realize that, you know, you can vision out what kind of practice you want. You know, what do you want to be doing? You know, what are, what, where do you want to be located? Who do, who do you want to work with? All these kind of questions are things that you can really start to conceptualize. And then what's really cool, Jared, is that's when the law of attraction kicks in. And, and all of a sudden, when you're focused on these qualities, guess what? You'll start to notice those. Those will start to stick out in the crowd. Whereas in the past, if you were just saying, I want to practice, you're going to find the first one because you, now you're focused on a practice. Well, the first one that pops up is going to feel like it's it. But what this is designed to do is to give you a better filter to understand what do you truly want with your life and what kind of practice would support that. Now, caveat is, and we'll get into this in phase three, is I promise you, you'll find a practice and it won't click off every box. I mean, that's in a perfect world, but man, what if it clicked off 80 to 90% of them and all the important ones? That to me is really setting the table to uh, build out a practice and a business and a lifestyle that you absolutely, absolutely love. Yeah. And I use the car example a lot. People joke at me because I do this so often, but you know, it's just like the car analogy. A lot of people uh, most people don't just go, hey, let's go to phase three and I'm going to go buy a car. Right. No, they think, oh, I want this new pickup truck, extended cab, all the way down to the color and the accessories. Right. And Bill's right. Once you identify what the criteria is, you start noticing them like driving it. down the road. Right. You're like, hey, that's that's very similar to what I want in a car. Same thing with the dental practice. Phase two is you identify what type of practice you want to buy. Or it could yeah. be start, scratch start as well. That's right. It, it, it totally depends. Um, so, so phase two, you've identified it. You said, okay, this is what I want to buy. This is what I want to start. This is what it would look like. Phase three, what does yeah. that look like once you move there? So, you know, we've kind of talked about phase two. And a lot of times that's the forgotten step. Most people don't stop to think that. So they move right on to phase three which is, okay, I have now identified a practice or I'm in a practice or I'm going to start a practice, you know, the question now becomes, is this practice right for me? And, and that question really leans more towards an acquisition. You know, I've identified X practice and man, I am super pumped because now I'm going to be an owner and, and I'm going to, be the one kind of calling the shots. And, and I've always dreamt of this. I've always wanted this. But you know what we find is all too often, Jared, people don't, our dentists don't stop to think, okay, I've got a practice identified here. Is it the right practice? 
because we do believe that there is a right practice out there for you. It just may not be the one you're looking at right now. It's just really hard. Let's go back to your car analogy, Jared. Why do you think they have you drive that car home at night? Let you keep it, you know, because they want once you see it parked in your driveway, man, they want you to visualize it. They want that psychology to kick in where you're thinking, I got to have it. And if I don't get it, somebody else is going to get it right out from underneath me and it drive you nuts. And, and I think that's where we find a lot of danger is that people just jump right in and say, okay, here it is. And it could be an existing practice. They're already in, you know, is it the right practice? Does it make sense? You know, what, what is it about it that clicks off the boxes we identified in phase two? And all too often we see that not many of the boxes are checked, but it's good enough. And, and we think that maybe at that point it's time to step back and say, okay, is good enough, good enough at that point. Yeah. And this is an extremely, extremely crucial phase. I can't overemphasize that enough because once you buy that practice, let's say we're talking acquisition here, or once you start that practice, a scratch start, it's your baby. I mean, right. it's, it's not like, hey, you, let's go a couple of weeks and, and, and date each other and see if this works. It's, it's your baby once you bought it. it. And, and you're in for the long haul to a degree. And I don't mean that, um, that jokingly to a degree. So, all right, let's go back. Phase one, is practice ownership right for me? Yes. Boom, move into phase two. What do I want in a practice I want to own? What does that yep. look like? Phase three, I found a practice. Is it the right practice for me? Does it hit off all the criteria? Does it cash flow? Am I going to make the money I want? List goes on and on and on. Right. Boom, I've sealed the deal. I'm talking acquisition here. I bought the practice. I took it down. Now I walk in on the owner and I'm running this practice. Phase four, what does that look like? Yeah, and, and kudos to you, Jared, because you're the one that actually kind of crystallized our mind. It's, it, a lot of these phases could be separated into, into milestones. And, and the first milestone is just getting your mind right and building out and, and finding that right practice. And that second milestone and the second uh, chunk of, of uh, phases we're going to be talking about here, that's I own a practice now. And you're right. That's a totally different beast. And, and the ante is up. And, and in my opinion, phase four is where the rubber hits the road. And phase four is if you skipped all over other phases, but you put 100% of your focus on getting phase four right, you're still going to be light years ahead of most people. Because most people skip one through three anyway, just to be honest. They go right into phase four. I want to practice. So phase four is how do I set up to scale up. And what I want to say to that, Jared, is don't misinterpret that because scale can mean different things to different people. I'm sure. not talking about, okay, I want to go out and buy 20 practices. Maybe you do. I don't know. Or maybe scale is I want to scale this thing up where I have a lot of freedom, freedom of money, freedom of time, whatever the case may be. So to us, and this is something that, man, if we could go back, what, 20 years ago or 15, 17, how many years ago that we started, you know, if we could have got this right, I think we'd be light years ahead of where we are, you know, but the, the, the silver lining is it's never too late. You can always look at this, but mm -hmm. basically what you want to do is go back and say, what foundationally do I need to set up in order to set myself up to take this practice 
where I want it to go that's going to support the lifestyle I want. And this can mean any number of things. Again, we're going to go into a deep dive of, of some of those things. But, you know, I, I'm telling you, this is the one where if you will invest the time to get the foundational stuff right, you are going to save yourself so much headache and so much pain down the road, not just with yourself, with your cash flow, but also with your people. And they're going to you know, feel a lot more stability uh, if, if we can get this right. So phase four, we're going to figure out what foundationally do we need to set up to make sure we're on solid footing so we can move forward into the next phases. Yeah, the big word there is, is foundational. For sure. Know? And you said it, I just wrote it down here to a degree. You said, how, how, do you set, how do you set up your practice to set yourself up in order to hit your goals, to keep going along the journey? This is what right. phase four is, setting those foundational principles. And a lot, I'm not getting ahead of myself here, but a lot of dentists to a degree, phase three, they take down a practice. They kind of gloss over phase four yep. to, to a degree and say, okay, I'm in phase five. I'm trying to run. And it's like, well, you can't run and scale and do what you want because you haven't got a lot of these foundational things. So it might, you know, a lot of people might have to take a step back to a degree and say, hey, let's go back to phase four and see if X, Y, Z, A, B, C are in place because they're not. And therefore, without those in place, it's not allowing you to hit mass um, to run at top speed at phase five. Yeah. So, and I think ahead. that's an interesting point, Jared, because we have clients that come to us that are going to feel like they're in phase five, which we'll get into here in a second. But realistically, maybe bits and pieces are ready for phase five, but there's still some foundational, there's cracks in the foundation that, that need to get fixed first. And until those are fixed, you're going to consistently feel like you're spinning your wheels. You're kind of chained to that chair. You know, that's probably the pain is the most visceral in phase four because we've all been there. You are just wearing every hat imaginable. You can't break away when you do. Your mind's on work. You're frustrated. Your people are frustrated. This is, this is the one where when it's broken, you feel it more than any other phase. And again, that's why, Jared, I say phase four we love you guys. You have the ability to change so quickly with some foundational concepts, ideas that, that you won't believe it and, and your people won't believe it. So again, if you're feeling that pain, that busyness pain, the frustration, that change this year, you're probably stuck in phase four in some capacity and need a little help getting out. Yeah. And, and I'll tell on ourselves a little bit here. It's the, the reason we're so passionate. And, and Bill, you mentioned at the beginning why the journey was created to a degree is because because we have kind of gone through the journey as well, kind of bounce, sure. bounce back and forces between phases. But I'll tell on ourselves a little bit is, you know, we, we thought sometimes we were in phase five. And then after talking to other individuals, we're like, well, wait, wait a minute, we, we're missing a couple components here. Maybe need to go back to phase four and make sure some of this foundational stuff's in place. Um, so we've gone we've gone through this. We know exactly what it what it feels like. Absolutely. Um, all right, Bill, foundational. We got that set up. Um, it's not always going to be perfect, but we got it all set up. We're going to continue to work on it. What does phase five look once they transition there? So, so now we're good. The, the house is in order. The bones are right. The bones of the practice feel good. So now we start figuring out how do I truly dial in this practice to support the lifestyle I want? you know, a way that our, our good friend, Dr. Michael Abernathy would say this is how do I optimize my practice? 
historically, this is where we've always tried to come in and serve our clients. And that was one of the realizations is a lot of times we jump in trying to help them optimize and the results, you know, were slow coming because there was foundational problems that weren't being addressed. And so we'd have to kind of back people up and we'd go and we'd say, okay, well, let's fix some of these foundational. Let's assume those foundational are good to go. Now we're saying, okay, we've got a good practice. It's got a good foundation. You're making decent money, you know, but I know we can be doing more. And in the past, you know, maybe retirement or your next, which is we'll get into phase six, seems like a long way off. Maybe now it's starting to come into focus a little bit more and you start thinking, I can, I can do this, man, if I could just accelerate some of the cash flow, if I could make this thing a little bit better, that would even make it even come into the, uh, uh, you know, rear view mirror, whatever you say a lot yeah, quicker. Sure. So, so phase five is coming in and let's say, let's optimize the practice as far as your growth and your profitability. Let's find ways to make it dialed into the point where your take home is, is going well, you know, the, the cash flow is coming in where we're working through tax strategies to make sure you're keeping up as much of as you can and you're getting ready to graduate into that next phase, which is phase yeah. six. Yeah, optimize is the key word there in phase five. And it could be help optimize to make more money or maybe it's, hey, I only wanna work three days in the chair and I wanna bring in an associate because I want this other quality of life over here. Right. So it could be a lot of different things. Optimize could mean something different for different people. You know, right. if you have different objectives, going back to phase four, what's your vision, all that stuff. Um, so it, it's really just, it's, it's optimizing that practice to what you said, Bill, create that business, optimize the business to create the lifestyle you want to live. Could be different for everybody. And so what I will say for these first five phases, you know, which is working towards the end game, which we'll get into in phase six, every phase you're graduating, but even more importantly, the concept is to be honest, you have to level yourself up as a, as a person, as a business owner, or you're going to get stuck. You'll, you'll get stuck at one of these phases and you won't be able to figure out why. And if you have that mindset that, that you're going to level up and do whatever it takes to get to that next phase, and it's not going to be easy. You know, each phase brings its own challenges and difficulties. If you're leveling up, then I think you'll find that by the time you get to phase five, the tweaks are a lot easier. Yeah. You know, you, the levers to pull are a lot easier. They're a lot more intuitive because you've got this foundational understanding of your business and how it generates cash. Now it's just getting yourself, you know, to the point where you are surrounded by the right people, you got the right board of advisors, and you are spending just as much time working on your business as you are working in it. That's phase five. Yeah. So walk through. So let's just let's transition right to phase six, right? So that they're in that practice. They've got that ideal lifestyle set up. That practice is churning. It's optimized. What's phase six? How do they transition there? So phase six is moving to your next. And, and, and I think it, that's at the point that most of us honestly start thinking about what is my legacy? What is the legacy I'm going to leave? And that's not just, you know, family legacy. That's the legacy that of the practice that you built for years and years and years. So phase six in our mind actually begins right at the tail end of your phase five, you know, your, your practice journey, because we are big believers 
that very few practices are, are turnkey ready to sell with a drop of a hat. There needs to be a little bit of a runway to make sure that you're getting your house completely in order and you're ready to go. And, and not that's not just financially, but also mentally. You know, this is one of the hardest things we see a lot of people work through is to transition out of your baby, like you say, something that you may have built from scratch or you took from where it is there to where it is up here. It's hard to turn, you know, to, to just walk away from that. So you're really thinking about the legacy you're going to leave as far as the community with your team members. So you need a little bit of runway to make sure it's done right. You want to make sure that you're maximizing the value of that. You're making sure you're going to want to partner with the right person who's going to take your legacy and, and do it justice. You know, but beyond that, after that point, you do have the liquidation events, you move on. Now, you know, you have, hopefully, our goal is to get people where they have that ultimate freedom, which is the freedom of time, to do what's important to them. You know, what, what is it they want to do? Some people, it may be investing passively in real estate, or it may be gardening or golfing or whatever, but hopefully you've been working a plan the entire time and you've, you sold your practice and now you've moved on. And, and our goal is to help you, you know, with tax strategies and other things to make sure that uh, that next is uh, just as enjoyable as you always envision it being. Yeah. And the cool thing is a lot of people, and no, no fault of their own, it's just a lot of people get to the end, if you will, and they never really thought of what they're next. And right. that's a really cool thing about how the journey progresses is that phase four, we're kind of starting to talk about that. You know, yeah. start with the end in mind, right? Stephen Covey says it all the time or says it all the time. So it's just a perfect way to start thinking about this along the way. A lot of, and that's the, the whole benefit of the journey is that a lot of people just go and they, they yeah. just go and they skip, <laughs> they skip it. This journey just progresses on itself. And you said, you know, if you look at it, like you could draw a line, if you will, between like phase three and phase four, that's like one, two, and three before practice ownership. Yep. Phase four and five, you own the practice. And then phase six, that's your next. It's after practice ownership. Yeah. yeah. So or or the tail, right? The tail end of practice. That's, that's right. exactly right. That's right. Yeah. So um, we just wanted to just this quick episode here and just we're gonna we're gonna dive into each of these. Cause if you're listening out there, you're probably like, you know, maybe, maybe you're in phase one, two, and three, and you're like, well, where am I really at? And there's you can blend over, you know, into different phases. And maybe you're out there. Uh, as a practice owner right now, and you're like, okay, I I, I'm in phase four or five, but what do you mean foundational? Like foundational is phase four. What foundational things do I need in place? Or what foundational right. things do you guys help with? And that's where in each of these episodes, we're going to do six episodes following this one. We're going to do deep dive into each phase and go in and out what that, you know, what, what that person looks like in that phase, the struggles they have, how we can help, all that kind of stuff if that makes sense. So Bill, I appreciate you taking the time to unpack it. Um, I think it's a brilliant idea. I think it's a great um, visual and, and I'm extremely passionate. I know about you are, you are too, because we've been there. We're in the middle of the journey. Right, right. For sure. I mean, we, yeah. we're in the middle of this entrepreneurial journey. Every entrepreneur is. That, you know, that's it. And speaking of bleeding, sometimes we feel like we're as dialed in as they come. And then uh, you, you kind of get hit upside the head with, you know, by talking to somebody that uh, has been there, done that, and some of these strategic partners, they just kind of knock you back down. You realize, okay, I, maybe I have a little bit more foundational stuff, and that's okay. 
you know, it's that self-awareness and always trying to improve and get better. It's going to graduate you from phase one all the way up to phase six. And, and as you get more and more dialed in, that phase six becomes more and more clear. And that's a great feeling. Yeah, that's awesome. Bill, appreciate you as always. You guys out there that are listening, again, this hang on to this episode. Uh, double S, double R, right? Subscribe to the channel if you haven't. Share this with somebody that you think might be like, wow, that journey concept, this is awesome. They really need to listen to the next six. Share this with somebody out there. Again, rate it and leave a review for us as always. Um, we appreciate you guys. Um, I'm excited to build a dive into these next six. I mean, yeah. I, I think it's a lot of cool, uh, a lot of cool info and a lot of uh, great concept here that we can unpack. So we'll let you guys go, Bill. We'll see you next time, my friend. Sounds good. Thank you. All right, we'll see you.